This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode 113. Today we interview Christine Pabico and Paulette Seppi from ANCC's Pathway to Excellent program. And we talk about how leaders can really bring well being into their healthcare organizations. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders, and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Welcome, everyone. It's Michelle. And Tracy. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, we just wrapped up another awesome interview with Christine Pabico and Paulette Seppi, who are staff members of ANCC's Pathways to Excellent program. Yeah. Yeah. What a great interview. Really, two lovely ladies. Very passionate about what they do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Very passionate. It'll come through the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. And... uh you know, they're, they're kindred spirits in that they're collaborators, you know, they um, highly value the relationships they have within their teams and across teams. And so it's just really lovely to talk with them. Learned a lot. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of great work in the world. And um, not too long ago, we interviewed two commissioners from ANCC on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And so it was really awesome to have Christine and Paulette today who work for ANCC and to hear about the inside of the standards and how they operate and how they're really on a mission to take this around the world. You're going to hear about more countries coming on board and also how they're collaborating with other organizations such as Sigma to really promote positive work environments. Yeah, and their emphasis too on, you know, well-being and how they have a standard about that. So I think, uh, you know, that was kind of the emphasis of our conversation and we look forward to sharing it with you. Yeah, so let us introduce our guest to you. Um, Christine Pabico is the director of ANCC's Pathway to Excellence program. She has vast experience in the creation and maintenance of positive practice environments and expertise in quality improvement strategies. Her passion is to provide organizations around the globe strategies for success and a framework to create work environments that support, engage, and empower staff to lead from the bedside. She is recognized, she is a recognized champion for safeguarding clinician well-being and pushed for the addition of Pathways Well-Being Standard, which promotes organizational awareness and continuous assessment of workforce well-being. 
Wow. Girl after our own passion. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Christine has over 25 years of leadership experience and is an ANCC board certified as a nurse executive. She is doctorally prepared and received her PhD in nursing at the Kansas University Medical Center. Her passion for creating healthy work environments extended to her doctoral work, where she studied the relationships among nurse manager competency, the nursing practice environment, and frontline intent to stay. In addition, Christine seizes every opportunity to cultivate collaborative partnerships with professional organizations, governmental entities, academic centers, and national and international healthcare entities that recognize the important role nurses play in all aspects of healthcare delivery. To recognize her contribution in nursing and improving healthcare, Christine was inducted as a fellow in the American Academy of Nursing in 2020. Wow. Go, Christine. Go, Christine. Yeah. Now let's hear about Paulette. Paulette Seppi is a senior RN specialist for the Pathway to Excellence program with nearly 30 years of healthcare experience, beginning with her service as a medical specialist in the U.S. Army. She holds a Master's of Science in Nursing from Florida Atlantic University, where she is currently pursuing doctoral work. Oh, well, we're really kindred spirits there. And Paulette is a certified clinical nurse leader and holds certifications in wound and continence care. She's held various roles in nursing leadership and clinical specialty, and in her role at the Pathway, Paulette is responsible for established eligibility for healthcare organizations across the globe. So, boy, she's the one you got to impress then, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are keen to transforming their cultures to that of a positive practice environment, which empowers nurses. So without further ado, here's our interview with Christine and Paulette. Well, welcome, Christine and Paulette. We are so grateful and so excited to have you on Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast today. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi. 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 It's a pleasure. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want to let you know that we love having two guests on at a time. We're a twosome and you're a twosome and we're going to have a great time in this interview. And we just are so excited that you each get to shine your light today and all the difference you're making with healthcare leaders around the globe. And also to share a little bit about the power of partnerships. And we thought we could start out by you telling our listeners a little bit about your work relationship and how you two roll together. So who wants to start? I can start. I'm Christine Pabico, and I'm the director of the Pathway to Excellence program. And I've actually been with ANCC for 10 years, just celebrating this month. So very happy to celebrate that milestone. And I am so excited to be here today with um, Paulette Seppi, who is one of our senior um, RN specialist. Um, I'm sure she'll go over it with you, but she actually came from a pathway designated organization, started presenting about pathway. And now we are just so blessed that she's been able to join our team. And Paulette? Hi, everybody. I'm Paulette Seppi. I'm a senior RN specialist with the Pathway to Excellence. I've been with the program two years now. And like Christine said, I have lived Pathway. I've been on the other end and I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with other healthcare organizations that are, are seeking to provide a work environment for their nurses, much like the one that I come from. So thank you for having me today. 
Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. It We're is. so excited, as Michelle said, to have you here and learn more about the Pathway to Excellence program and about the two of you and how you work together. So, Christine, let's start with you. It wasn't very long ago that Michelle and I interviewed um, Jane McCurley and Val Morrison. I think that was episode 99. And we learned a lot about the background of ANCC's Pathway to Excellence program and really the mission, right, which is to guide positive transformation of practice environments across multiple settings to build a global community of healthcare organizations committed to nursing workplace excellence. So what we'd like to hear from you and what our listeners I think would like to know is what impact do you think that this has had on nursing practice care delivery? Sure. Very happy to tell you about that. But, you know, first of all, I just want to, um, Thank both of you for reaching out to us a couple of months ago. It's so nice to be able to meet, you know, with like-minded folks um, who share our passion. And we're just delighted to be in this podcast today. And then, as you mentioned, you know, you had a couple of our commissioners. And, you know, even for that, we want to say thank you for highlighting them. Uh, We're glad that your listeners were able to hear from them because, as you probably know by now, you know, they are extraordinary leaders. And we are so blessed to have them share so much of their time and also their expertise with us. Um, Not only do we love them, but, you know, because they're great, but also because they're a vital uh, part of our growth and evolution. Um, They're the ones who help our team continually scan the environment so that we can revise the standard based on new evidence and also the most pressing needs of nurses. And, you know, even though um, the pathway requirements has changed over the years and, you know, it's become more rigorous, uh, one thing has really stayed constant because of the commissioner's commitment. And that is to be intentional in making sure that the framework is relevant, but also remains attainable by all healthcare settings where nurses work. So, you know, when you asked about our program's impact, one of the things that makes us so proud is knowing that the framework has been um, used by healthcare leaders from across the globe to successfully transform their organizational cultures and also their practice environments. And it doesn't even matter, you know, this crosses um, cultures, you know, it doesn't matter what size, the amount of resources they they have or the type of setting. Uh, We now have pathway organizations in six countries outside of the U.S. and actually about to add another country next week to that list. And, you know, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, we actually celebrated Pathway 200 because we now have hit that 200 mark and have 203 organizations uh, across the globe. And then, you know, the other thing that I consider as um, the most vital and for me, you know, personally fulfilling impact um, is the contribution that we're making in making sure that nurses have a voice. Uh, We have made great strides here in the U.S., but in many countries, shared decision-making and nurse um, being at the table is a fairly new concept. And to see the transformation from when the organizations begin their journey to after is what fuels our passion. Um, To hear from nurses about the differences made for them and how they feel valued by their organization and also, you know, care team partners you know, is also important for us. Because here in the U.S., um, you know, another thing that we're so proud of is putting a spotlight on the nurses. Here in the U.S., you know, nurses have been voted the number one most trusted profession. We all have a lot of pride in what we do. 
Um, sadly, nurses don't get the same respect in other countries. So when we hear from nurses that for the first time, they are being given the spotlight and how the pathway journey has given them an immense sense of pride for what they do. You know, those are the things that are really heartwarming for us because those are some of the goals that we have in Pathway. Oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations on your growth and your expansion. Yes. Wow, that's (laughs) phenomenal. And to know that already, right, you're having a significant impact in other countries where they aren't, where they don't have, you Mm -hmm. know, that ability to Mm -hmm. highlight themselves. So congratulations. That's phenomenal. You're welcome. Yeah. And Paulette, so... You've had yes. quite a journey yourself in the Pathway to Excellence program. So why don't you share with our listeners what that looks like? Sure. So the organization I most recently was affiliated with prior to the ANCC was on the Pathway journey when I first interviewed with their CNO at the time, Sandra Todd Atkinson. And she truly is a champion for the Pathway framework. Uh, she continues today as an appraiser, uh, in fact. Uh, And during my interview, she uh, conveyed to me this magnificent journey that she felt that she was on for her nurses. Uh, Her goal was to truly empower the nurses and create the accountability um, and ownership that they sought so desperately um, for their nursing practice, not just their own individual practice, but for one another and of their colleagues. What was wonderful to see is the support that she also had from our chief executive officer, Alice Taylor at the time. And wonderfully enough, uh, she also was a nurse. And so I truly saw the impact that being in a pathway organization as opposed to a non-designated one um, had for nurses. Um, In fact, they had a dismal 57 percentile uh, positive employee participation survey uh, prior to launching their survey, or excuse me, their journey. And um, impressively, by the time they achieved designation, they increased that to the 98th percentile. Wow. And that's, that's pretty significant. And it's interesting because it was in sharing this information um, at a niche conference in 2016 um, that I was asked to partner with Patience Harris. She's my counterpart at the Pathway to Excellence. We developed a relationship. She understood just how much I valued the pathway. Um, and so um, gladfully, I had the fortune to join the team in 2019. Um, and I am responsible, along with patients, to ensure the eligibility of our interested organizations and help them through um, the early parts of their journey, while also um, preparing them for the very important validation um, tool that we use at the Pathway, which is the Pathway Survey whereby we interview, or excuse me, we question our nurses um, whether or not the pathway framework is truly in in place at their organization. It's a very rigorous tool um, and is um, really in the the control of the nurses to determine whether or not they achieve designation. So I think that's just another example of how we make sure that our nurses' voices are heard. That's great. Yeah. That is that is really excellent. Love measurement. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> We're all about measurement. We're all about measurement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christine, you know, as you know, we help healthcare leaders and healthcare organizations combat burnout. And uh, we, we were just really thrilled when we discovered that the ANCC Pathway Program actually had a standard for well-being, standard number five, and it's our understanding that you're the only accrediting uh, body in healthcare with that particular standard. Is that correct? Yes, yes. We are the only organizational credential that has a dedicated standard to safeguard the well-being of nurses. Well, we just want to pause and say high five to standard five. (laughs) (laughs) we just love that too we think it's so great because it's so important and our listeners may or may not realize that the that you know thoughts become things so of course tracy and i we think about that a lot Mm -hmm. and um just how powerful that is and so we were just really curious where the seed of the thought or you know where it came from like who came up with this idea to actually have a standard on well-being for nurses Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And, you know, as I said earlier, um, we're continually revising the standards of the manual. And if you go back to the 2009 manual, um, Pathway actually used to have 12 standards. And it was the same way in the 2012 manual. And one of the standards addressed work-life balance. And then in 2016, the commissioners wanted to develop a conceptual framework. So with that, we ended up streamlining the 12 standards into the six that you're aware of today. And in that process, the standard that encouraged um, a balanced lifestyle was expanded to address the personal well-being of nurses and also their important role in improving population health. So that's when we really looked at the different factors that affect the well-being of nurses. So, you know, if you look at the numerous studies out there, right, you know, it's shown that there's a direct correlation between the practice environment and nurses' level of stress, job satisfaction, and also engagement level. And then these, in turn, also impact patient outcomes and safety. So for the Pathway Program Office and the commissioners, we really wanted to make sure that nurses' well-being was a focus for, you know, all of the healthcare organization. And we wanted to keep it um, always at the forefront so that it can be a proactive versus a reactive approach. That's why in the um, 2020 manual, you will see that we even took that a step further and made it a requirement for staff well-being to be a part of the organization's strategic plan. We want it to be something that, you know, everyone is constantly on top of. And remember, you know, this was all before the pandemic. And in a way, you know, this has been the saving grace for many who had things in um, place already in their organizations when the pandemic hit. And then for those who did not, the pandemic really brought the importance of it to light. And, you know, if you look at the surveys that have been conducted by the American Nurses Foundation, because we actually did a COVID survey series, it showed that nurses' feelings of exhaustion, being overwhelmed and anxious, all intensified during the pandemic. You know, even before the pandemic, nurses were already reporting burnout. But of course, you know, with the pandemic, you know, that was just all intensified. And then sadly, you know, nurses also expressed in those surveys that the emotional support that they received is not always adequate. Only about half said that their employers actually valued their mental health, their physical health, and their safety. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the great blessings that we have also working in Pathway, because we're an international program, we get to speak from nurses, you know, um, around the world. And, you know, every opportunity I get, you know, I do ask them, and many are also reporting the lack of compassionate leaders. And it's made um, some of the nurses actually leave their organization and some even the nursing profession. So, you know, this is becoming a characteristic of a leader that, you know, is, um, you know, identified as being more and more essential. Yeah. Well, and that's why Tracy and I are doing what we're doing, because yeah. we really believe <laughs> yeah. that if the leaders aren't role models, and if they Absolutely. aren't, if they aren't attending to their own personal well-being, it's mm-hmm. going to have a great impact on all of the, all of the frontline caregivers. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. so true. Yep. So true. Hey, it's Michelle. And we're going to get right back to our wonderful interview with Christine and Paulette in just a minute. Guess what? Today, September 8th, is the last day to enroll in the Leadership Survival Bootcamp. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that Tracy and I are zeroing in on helping healthcare leaders like you deal with your exhaustion and burnout from escalating demands, resource challenges, and another COVID surge. If you are feeling exhausted at the end of the day, irritated with others, and conflicted, then we guarantee you are doing one or more of the following. Putting everyone's needs before your needs, staying late at work or bringing more work home with you, Missing opportunities to spend with your loved ones. Are we right? You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. That's why you need to enroll in the Leadership Survival Bootcamp today. No one can prioritize your health and well-being for you. Registration closes at 12 midnight tonight, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Stop the vicious cycle and go over to missinglogic.com forward slash new events to learn more and get your spot in the boot camp today. Now back to our interview with Christine and Paulette. And we know the second standard, right, in the pathway is leadership. So we're going to peace out for leaders. And we work exclusively with <laughs> with healthcare leaders. <laughs> you know, we're all about the symbols here, right? High fives and peace out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, and, and as Michelle was alluding to, we work exclusively with healthcare leaders, right? And around their well-being and resilience, mm-hmm. right? Because they're really the linchpin, the kingpin in the organization. If they're not resilient and don't have strong, healthy lifestyles and balance in their lives, then they cannot role model that for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the organization will not achieve those goals, right? So they lead the way. And we knew during the pandemic with all the attention on the clinicians as it should be that behind every one of those clinicians was a leader right doing their part to hold that clinician up and to take care of the things that were you know potentially interfering with their ability to deliver quality care right and uh, we do this through what we call our dynamic balance effect framework so we have a whole framework around that But the standard five on well-being, right, that requires organizations um, to describe how senior leadership integrates that employee well-being and resilience into the strategic plan, to your point, right, that it needs to actually be a part of the strategy of the organization. Mm -hmm. They have to document that and demonstrate that. So how do organizations do that? How do they integrate that kind of into their strategic plan? 
you know, can you give us some examples or ideas of how they actually do that? And, I, you know, Paul, I think Paul, I have. Yes. So the example that I've seen personally as I was living pathway at um, Broward Health Imperial Point is the executive leadership or offices um, collaborated with many others outside of their office. Uh, so, you know, it takes a village. Um, and this is such an extreme, uh, it requires an extreme partnership with the auxiliary, um, uh, as well as your financial areas and your human resources. So in, in, in combining their efforts together um, and aligning with their own organization's mission and, and values um, to serve the community, it, it, it has to start with um the leadership, as well as the direct care team. Um, so, you know, in partnership again with the auxiliary where they they were very generous in providing financial support where um, maybe the organization wasn't able to do so, um, they were able to uh, grant uh, gifts to the nurses, um, programs to the nurses. Um, one, one of my favorites is the... Um, animal shelter that was local, uh, partnered with the auxiliary and worked together to bring some relief to the nursing team, as well as the rest of the hospital staff. And it was really for dual purposes. So, um, you know, we had uh, dedicated days uh, once a quarter, whereby animals that were looking for their forever homes were brought in and um, displayed or allowed visits with the hospital team in the administrative areas. So nurses had the opportunity to leave the floor for a, a short period to decompress, get some air, um, maybe um, just put their focus on something other than the pressures that they're feeling from all directions on the nursing unit and um, enjoy this really simple um, exercise or event. And what was wonderful is that I, I witnessed nur uh, nurses and other professionals leaving the, the area um, with smiles, just a lot of joy um, that they then would bring back to the floor to their to their patients and their families. It was really a wonderful event, um, and I was glad to see when it was on the calendar to return again. And what was even more joyful uh, joyful was to see that these animals found forever homes. So a nurse may go into work one day and at the end of shift uh, brought a new family member home to the chagrin probably of their other family members. But it was, it was real, it was really beautiful. And um, you know, that's just one example. I know Jane spoke about uh, pet therapy at her, one of her organizations, mm -hmm. and there just can't be enough to be said about that. So getting back to your question, um, for the purpose of this discussion today, and for our healthcare leaders, really being creative and innovative, partnering with, you know, your support systems um, within your organization uh, is, is really instrumental in coming up with ways to make sure you're meeting that strategic goal of ensuring the well-being of, of everyone with under your roof. Oh, that's so great to hear. A reciprocal relationship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I love when people get innovative. Right? And they get innovative mm -hmm. like that. It's just, it's amazing what can happen, right? So to your point, mm -hmm. we have to have the structure mm -hmm. 
right? To uh, enable those kinds of things, but the flexibility to be innovative and in how you do it and how you, how you it. make it happen, right? So that's just so cool. But we all know, right, it doesn't come without a few struggles, <laughs> right? So this isn't just, this isn't like snap your fingers and it happens, right? So I imagine that organizations, leaders in the organizations have a few struggles when it comes to kind of getting this integrated into the strategic plan and into their initiative. So do you have any insights on what a few of those struggles might be, Paulette? Uh, you mentioned it a few moments ago when you said we have to realize that as leaders, we do role model for our team. Um, and, you know, understanding that leaders in healthcare and other, and other um, arenas do face multiple pr- pressure, uh, we have to start with our own well-being. Um, so some things that I have been guilty of in my, in my past as a leader was not valuing my time off, not valuing the time that I should dedicate to my family when we're on vacation. Um, so I can't, I, I, I don't say this out of judgment, but uh, we need to understand that when we're on vacation, we need to disconnect. Um, and this was another example of great Uh, leadership that I saw at Broward Health Imperial Point, once they were on leave, they had the support from their colleagues or counterparts, whomever they reported off to, and the trust that the ship would keep going without them at the helm. Um, So that's important for us to establish uh, at our healthcare organizations, because if you're a leader and you're emailing and you're texting and you're calling in um, just to check in, you know, that's what it typically is. I'm just checking in or I'm lending support. Then you're setting an example for the team that reports to you. Well, if she or he is doing this while they're on vacation, are they going to expect or anticipate that I'm going to be responsive? on my time off. And so that's an unfair um, expectation that we may not be aware we're, 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 we're uh, creating for the team. Um, however, when you're somebody that they know you've got, gone away and you've been able to rejuvenate yourself and come back and focus on the tasks that are important when you are uh, on the clock, then, then they can appreciate, well, you know what, maybe I need to make sure to do that for myself too. So um, I think that's one important way that we can overcome a struggle of making sure of it, that our well-being and our own resilience is is um, promised in our in our planning. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! Couldn't have said it better. I was going to say so well said, so well said. Yeah, Christine, well, did you have something? Easier said than done, right? Easier said no. than done. But we're only control. We're the only ones in control of what what we do. We have to own it. Yeah, if I can add, you know, that's something that, you know, I think we do agree. I mean, we still struggle once in a while, but, you know, I think that's something that, you know, our pathway team, you know, truly tries to live. And I actually have a, you know, personal example to share. You know, when I first um, moved, you know, from working at the hospital to ANCC, uh, I think on the sixth month, you know, I had to attend my brother's wedding in the Philippines and, you know, we were out um, in a resort and every single day I was, you know, emailing the team, just making sure they're okay. <laughs> and me, I thought I was being a supportive leader, right? And, you know, one of them, and she's one of our assistant directors now, you know, and I share this in all my presentations. I said, you know, she emailed me and she said, Christine, 
you're on vacation. You know, she said, we want you to take this time to disconnect and we want you to trust, you know, that we will take care of everything and we're going to do everything we can to make you proud. I mean, I thought I was going to like cry because at first I thought, you know, is my Wi-Fi not working when all of a sudden they weren't, you know, sending me emails. So I said, is everything okay? And that's how she responded. Uh, really that's sad. great. Yeah, that's that's the tone. And it's actually nice that it came from someone from the team, right? You know, like mm-hmm. kind of teaching me as a leader, you know, to um, show her, you know, how we should do things at the, you know, in the team. That's well, great. and I and I think you you bring up two points here that I think are really important. And Paulette, you brought up the first one, which is trust. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't trust amongst the leadership team, right, you've got to be able to trust your colleagues and be able to lean in and rely on that partnership. Um, and, and if you don't have that trust, this isn't going to happen, right? So there's something that has to happen in the relationship amongst the leaders themselves, right, that they can build that community and have that level of um, trusting deep partnership with each other, right? And then... You know, I think, Christine, you brought up, too, team. It's got to be about the team. This isn't about one leader holding the organization up or holding their team up, right? It's about teamwork, too. So I think those are essential elements Mm -hmm. that you pointed out, right, that could be struggles if you don't have that in your organization. You can't support the clinicians if you don't have those things. So thanks for bringing that. Yeah, thank you very much. Not that we've never done that. (laughs) Oh, I've never gone on vacation and worked. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? It is such a powerful message. So I just really appreciate you bringing that because it's it's one of those things where it's just so easy not to do it, but it's so essential we do do it. We just disconnect. So I really appreciate that, Paulette. Mm-hmm. Well, Christine, I have a question for you. I have to tell you, we were also really thrilled when we saw the announcement this past April 2021 of ANCC and Sigma uh, joining forces to really advocate for positive work environments. And uh, we're, we're, Tracy and I are very familiar with Sigma. In fact, we just gave a presentation to a Sigma chapter this week on uh, the importance of resilience and leadership. And uh, we also work with healthcare organizations with our healthy or our heal, healthy healing organization, our H2O framework. So more synergies with all of our work together. But tell our listeners why you and Sigma partnered for maximum impact and how will you measure your impact together? Sure. So, you know, for people who know me, my personal mantra has always been to collaborate with others with similar goals to have a collective impact. And that's why it's so beautiful even having this, you know, relationship with you guys, right? And, you know, if you look at Sigmas and Pathways missions and goals, you know, they are truly nicely aligned, um, especially when it comes to leadership, professional development, and also when it comes to advocating for positive practice environments. Um, Both Pathway and Sigma provide tools to develop competent and empowered staff. And that's because uh, we believe that they are the foundation of every uh, successful high reliability organization. So, you know, it made sense, you know, for us to collaborate. And I was extremely delighted when I um, approached Liz Madigan, the CEO of Sigma, and she was equally enthused, you know, when I first uh, brought this up with her. And she immediately connected me with Sarah Gray. And from there, you know, things just quickly moved. We both uh, saw the benefit 
of leveraging our resources to make a bigger difference for nurses across the globe. So, you know, a perfect example, um, Sigma has a conference biannually that, you know, I've actually attended, you know, uh, for years, and it's focused on helping organizations create healthy work environments. And some might think that, you know, boy, there are competition, you know, but we never saw it that way. And with this partnership, we're actually able to complement and augment each other's work. Um, for example, that same conference I was just talking about, um, we provided the pathway framework and standards to all of their attendees so that they can return to their organizations with an evidence-based framework for creating a healthy work environment. And then in our upcoming um, ANCC Magnet Pathway co-located conference in November, hopefully, hopefully you guys can um, you know, uh, be there with us, we also plan to highlight their work. So by doing this, you know, we're able to achieve the impact that we want, which includes to have greater visibility mm -hmm. and also provide access to both of our um, organization's resources to as many people as possible. Yeah. And then, we, I, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and then, and then I just wanted to mention that one of the things that Sigma is also doing for us is to create a repository, you know, to create an ANCC page in the Sigma repository. Um, and, you know, that's not just to highlight Pathway, but all of the ANCC programs. And, you know, this is important to us because uh, one of the goals that we have in ANCC is also to support nursing students and provide them essential resources as they begin their pro uh, professional career. So being able to extend our reach, you know, to Sigma's, I think they have more than 135,000 active members in uh, more than 100 countries, you know, that ensures that, you know, these students can gain access to resources that we have available. Uh, we want to make sure that they have the essential information they need, especially as they look for their first employment or as they transition to a different role as a nurse. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I just... I, we're big collaborators too, and I just, mm -hmm. I just really embrace the abundance mindset. I mean, this is a big world we live in, and there's a lot, a lot of good work to be done. And so, I just love the fact that you guys are collaborating for that maximum impact, and we want positive, healthy work environments everywhere. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Our community is growing. It's so yeah. nice. To Minded people who are passionate about this. I yeah, know. Yeah. I know. We're better together, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this was so great. And I just, I feel wonderful that Tracy and I can bring out a little behind the scenes of the leaders at ANCC Path Pathways to Excellence program. And I uh, just really encourage our listeners to learn more about it. And, uh, who knows where we're going to show up again someday in yeah, the future. together. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in again. And we'll see you next time on Health Here's Missing Logic podcast. Until then, stay safe and healthy. Bye. enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. 
And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.